Amen. Let's, uh, let's go to Ephesians uh, right quick before we head to, to uh, uh, John, Ephesians chapter 5, if you will. And I, I appreciate my pastor giving me the opportunity to preach. I'm grateful. Uh, I'm going to share my heart as we get into this tonight. But I, I wanted to just share some scripture here. Uh, actually, out of Ephesians chapter 6, you, you all know it very, very well. Uh, let's, if you don't mind, please, let's stand for the reading of the Word of God here in Ephesians chapter 6. In verse 10 is where we'll start. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the day of evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And notice verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Let's go, Lord, in prayer. Father, we thank you for the privilege. It is truly an honor. An awesome responsibility to preach your word. And I ask you to do that. I ask you to teach through me. I ask you to be glorified. I, I, I don't want to do anything or say anything that would distract from you that's not your will. I want you to receive the glory for everything said and done here tonight. I pray that you use this servant. And Lord, I, I truly can't say I'd rather be a servant, uh, a, a door, just open a door for somebody than to live and serve this world. I'd rather be a doorkeeper for you. I pray that you'd use me if you're honoring the Lord. Speak to the hearts of your people. Do that to bring great glory and honor to your name in the hearts of your people. And yes, even in someone's heart tonight who's lost. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, let's go to John 17. This will be our, uh, the main scripture, Brother Wayne uh, said. It's where we'll be at. But I wanted to share with you out of the book of uh, Ephesians chapter 6, that's scripture about prayer. Uh, it, it's placed right where it's supposed to be there. Uh, you can put on all of that armor. You can, above all, take the shield of faith. But if we don't shore it up with prayer, we'll not stand. John chapter 17, it says, These words spake Jesus and lifted up His eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify Thy Son, that Thy Son also may glorify Thee. As Thou hast given Him power over all flesh, that He should give eternal life to as many as Thou hast given Him. And this is eternal life, that they might know Thee, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom Thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self with the glory 
which I had with thee before the world was. I hope, Brother Wayne, don't mind. I, I made one addition here to this. And in verse uh, uh, in, in, in John 18, actually, I want us to look here. Number one, I want you to write down the pl- uh, a place of prayer. In, in John 18, it says, When Jesus had spoken his, these words, He went forth with His disciples over the brook Cedron, where was a garden into the which He entered, and His disciples. You don't have to turn there, but if you'd like to write these Scriptures down, you can. Uh, you can turn there as well if you'd like. Matthew 26, in verse 36 we see here it says, Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and there, and, and saith unto his disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. There's also Mark 14 that talks about a place of prayer that Jesus often went to. Luke 11 1 talks about this place as well as also John 18. The Lord Jesus had a place of prayer. Prayer. And you say, why, why is it so significant that we have a place of prayer? Because Jesus, when He speaks, and this Word is His spoken Word, it's alive, it's His God-breathed Word. Not one word is in there that should not be in there. Every word He put in it and spoke, He meant there is a reason why there's a place and I believe it's because there we should have that place because you know sometimes uh, what's in our living room? What happens when you walk by that, that, that living room? What's the first thing we see? The big screen. Honestly, went into my house after Christmas, after New Year. Two days. Never noticed it. I was sitting there, and I sat down, finally looked over, and I said, wow, you took the tree down. She said, I did that two, two days ago. <laughs> I don't know where I was. I think if we've got that place and we walk by it, kind of speaks to us, doesn't it? We know what that place is. We know what we do there. We need that place of prayer. As I said, I want to share a little bit of my testimony. It, in everything, God gets the glory. I, I don't uh, take any of it. God's give, He gets all the glory. Since uh, 89, we've been here. Seen a lot of things happen. Been involved in a lot of things. A lot of things I thought Brother Wayne was going to kill Brother Tony and I. and uh, just, just all sorts of stuff. But we've had wonderful, wonderful times over all these years. Uh, more good times... We've had a lot of sad times, still more good times. We've had a lot of bad times, still more good times. And even through the sad and the not so good times and the bad times, God's been faithful. God's always been there, so He gets the glory. But in the bad times is when my pastors had to discipline me. I know that shocks you. It doesn't mean, I'm just kidding, okay? That was a joke, okay? You can laugh. But I'm being serious, uh, and, and I'm grateful for that. 
At the time, I wasn't. You discipline your kid. Do they stand there while you're disciplining them and say, thank you, Mama? Thank you, Daddy? I love it. Do it again? <laughs> no, they don't. I don't. But there's one thing that you and I can do that will shore all of it up. When we go through good times, do we tell anybody? I do. Especially when God does some things and God works and God blesses. I like to tell people what God's done. I'm sure you do as well. We go through sad times. We tell people, don't we? We tell people that we love. We tell people that we can confide in. That's all good. We tell people... And here's, here's the, the bad thing about the bad things. We go tell everybody. And maybe you're not one of them. Thank the Lord, I'm glad you're not. But a lot of stuff going on in our lives, a lot of stuff going on in churches, could be stopped if we would tell Jesus. I got to thinking about this as I studied this lesson. Why did we not? Why? Well, do I have that place of prayer? I need that place of prayer. Am I always at that place of prayer? No, to my shame, I say that. But I can tell you over all these years, the only reason is by God's grace in praying and seeking God. There are times in my life over these years, and I'm sure yours as well, and I'm definitely sure our pastor, that we get to those points where this... I, I, I'm, God, I, you're not, I don't see you. I don't hear you. I don't feel you. You're not answering my prayers. and I, I'm not worthy. Uh, I'm, I'm no good. and I'm just going to quit. If you'll just leave me alone and let me go on to my little hole in the wall. And I thank God He didn't answer that prayer. That place of prayer. The next thing I want us to see is the posture of prayer. If we look in, 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 in chapter 17 here, it says, These words spake Jesus and lifted up His eyes to heaven. Now, at this point in time, uh, I do not know. I, 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 I believe this was where He's praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. And we know that in other Scriptures it talks about how He brought His disciples there and He prayed. But there was also a, 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 in Luke 11 where He prayed that... Uh, had nothing to do with the Garden of Gethsemane. And I, and I was blown away by that because the disciples were there and heard Him pray. But something happened here in John 17 that caught all of the disciples' attention. They had never seen and quite possibly never heard. And the Bible says that when Jesus went to praying, Father, the hour is coming. I want you to understand, this is the King of glory. This is the Son of Almighty God. The perfect, sinless Son of God. The, him coming in this garden of prayer, what was to come at the end of this prayer? What was the next thing to happen? Calvary. They were coming to get Him. Even as He sat at the supper table with His twelve disciples and told Judas, that, that thou doest, do it quickly. 
He knew it then. He knew it when He came. He knew it before the foundation of this earth. Why? He was coming. But the Son of God was coming to take our sin. He who knew no sin became sin for us. This was no light thing. This is something that you and I do not need to just skim over and run through and pass by. Because the Son of God is doing something that captivated these disciples and yea, should captivate you and I. This is not the only time Christ prayed. There was, he, he had other places He would resort to and pray and seek God. I remember His disciples talking, where, where have you been? What's, what about this food, this, that, and the other thing? He said, I, I, I have meat that you know not of. And that was His communion with God the Father. So we look at this, the, the posture. I, I remember Dr. Lee Robertson coming and preaching over the years. Uh, and I remember him sharing a testimony. I do not remember the, the, the preacher's name, but in his early ministry, he shared out from behind the pulpit here at Whiffle Baptist Church. He was supposed to preach and uh, he went to uh, this place of, uh, where he was going to preach and there was another man there and, and they, were, I guess, were traveling together. But the, the part I remember is he went to this man's room and knocked on the door and, and never got an answer. But yet he heard him. He heard speaking going on in the room. So he opened the door and there were no lights on. And there stood the preacher with a chair holding it over his head, praying his heart out to God. And Dr. Lee Robertson never forgot that. What was the chair for? I don't know. I don't have a clue. That's not the point. The posture of prayer. There's people that prayed sitting down. There's people that pray standing up. There's even in the Bible... We see those who were in pretense were standing on street corners, the Pharisees and all, making a pretense of prayer, a show before people. But then we see the poor beggar who came to the altar and there prayed, God have mercy upon me. And Christ said, He left more righteous than the Pharisees standing on the corner. He has His reward. There's many different prayer postures and they're recorded in the Bible and all of them are accepted. But what I want to point you to is this. Our physical posture is not what Christ is looking at. He is looking at the posture of our hearts. For the Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. And when I got to that point, it hit me. You know why I don't like going to Christ with all my problems? Oh, it's easy to go, thank you, Lord, for answer. Hey, I'll be honest with you. When I had my wreck, uh, I, I, I'm telling you the truth. Uh, not that I wouldn't tell you the truth, but I'm telling you the truth. Even more so about the pulpit, okay? When I came off the motorcycle somewhere around 35, 40 miles an hour and hit the ground, I do not remember 
I was conscious of the whole thing. I do not remember hitting the ground. National Highway Safety Board says coming off a motorcycle at, at that speed is like falling off a three-and-a-half to four-story building. I do not remember hitting the ground. I, do not, I don't remember ever feeling it. I, I do have a broke leg, but it, when I hit the ground and I realized that I'm still alive, I said, thank you, Lord. And Lord, I ask you to use this for your glory. See, this wreck was not a punishment. This wreck was because I didn't listen to the Lord. If, if I'd have listened to Him, I would not have had to go through all that. I didn't listen. But nonetheless, still the Lord protected me because it could have been so much more worse. But it's easy to go to the Lord and say, thank you, Lord, for watching over me. Thank you that I can see my wife again. I can see my children again. They get to put up with me more. <laughs> you get to put up with me more. Y'all may not be grateful for that. I am. <laughs> but it's easy to go to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm having all this trouble. But when something goes against us that we don't like, and that we don't want to go through, then we want to land blast everybody. We want to go tell everybody, sister so-and-so did this, brother did this. You know why we don't want to pray? Why? You know, and I know, what the Lord's going to tell us. And I found that when I went through those times and my pastor was disciplining me, I knew what was right. that when I went and prayed, it made everything so much better. Was I happy? Not 100%. But I had peace. And, and the Lord told me, He said, look, if you'll listen to what He's telling you, as my minister, you'll grow and you'll, get, you'll give me glory. You'll bring me glory. That's what it's all about. It's not about me running and telling everybody. Now, the Bible's very clear. There's nothing wrong with having good godly friends that you can share stuff with, but you better prove them out. Iron sharpeneth iron. There's nothing wrong with having a friend that you can talk to and share things with, but they better be able to keep their, their lips sealed. Just prove them out. Posture of our heart. He's not going to put up with pride. He's not going to put up with sin. He's not going to hear us. We must, as 1 John 1 9 said, confess our sins. Cleanse your heart, you filthy sinners. Keep ourselves clean. That the posture of our heart, our minds, our soul, who we are, we're open before God. Let nothing between my soul and my Savior. You want to know how to keep that happening? Prayer. Prayer. We must speak with the Lord and He with us. It's not just me taking my stuff to Him all the time. As it was just said, like Brother Mark said the other morning, men's prayer breakfast, it's good just to let the Lord speak to us. Posture of prayer. Important thing is the posture of our heart. It should not be callous, selfish, crowded, or corrupt. The next thing is, is we pray to the Father. We pray to the Father. 
Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy Son that thy Son may also glorify thee as thou hast given Him power over all flesh. The Lord's praying to the Father in heaven. This is the real Lord's prayer. There is the model prayer in chapter 6. That sets, uh, that's a teaching, a model prayer. This is the real Lord's prayer for His disciples. He's praying for His disciples. There's one truth, many applications, one meaning, many applications. This is applied in our life as well. Why is that? Because He wants us all to be disciples, right? It's not just the twelve disciples. He wants all of us to be disciples. He doesn't want any of us not to be disciples. But the reason a lot of people do not grow, and including myself in this statement, is because I'm not doing what I should to be a disciple. If I'm in sales, what should I be practicing doing? Sales. If I'm going to do sales, should I be practicing being a doctor? Nope. We're going to be a Christian. We need to be practicing it. We need to be a disciple. Pray to the Father in heaven. Pray to the Son. Pray to Jesus. Pray to the Spirit. I think it was Dr. John R. Rice who was preaching, and at the end of the service, of, he was preaching, Brother Wayne shared before. A lady comes up and tells him, says, I don't think you should pray in the name of the Spirit. And he said, well, lady, when you know him like I do, you can, you can address him by all three, Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Go to Proverbs 16. Proverbs 16. Proverbs 16.1 You know, Brother Wayne says something that uh, I, I take to heart. I, I don't want to come here and not be prepared. I, I don't want to listen to the things of the world. I don't want to act like the world. I don't want to live like the world. I don't want to do any of that. Because I've found over the years when I come in here and try to worship the Lord, it's exactly like he says. It's a shame. It's a reproach. It doesn't glorify my Father. I'm wasting His time. Should you not come? No, come. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. Come. The preparation is verse 1 of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. We should prepare ourselves every morning. I don't know when your prayer time is. I think based on Scripture, uh, we say the morning. If you work third shift, when you get up out of bed, pray. <laughs> don't, don't leave the house without praying. Shore up your day whenever your day starts before you leave. Folks, we don't know what we're going to walk into. We don't know what we're going to be faced with. We don't know the storms. We don't know the trials. We don't know the blessings. We don't know any of this. And so many things can come our way. And when you and I remove ourselves out from under God's protection by being disobedient, by not communing with Him, that's a very dangerous place to be. Need that place of prayer, that posture of our heart, 
prepare yourselves before we go out. That's what Ephesians 6 was all about. It's about a soldier. A, a soldier would be uh, uh, not a prepared soldier if, if we, we look at Billy Eads and, and those Marines that went uh, wherever they went overseas and they're preparing for battle all this time only to get on uh, the front lines if that's where they're going or wherever and, and, and they don't have their gun. That's ridiculous, isn't it? That's not preparation. What if he takes his gun, but he doesn't have his helmet, and he doesn't have his radio, and he doesn't have any of the armor protection that they wear? What if he doesn't have any of this? What does he have ammunition? What is a gun going to do if he don't have ammunition? That's not preparation. It's not wise. That's what Ephesians 6 is telling us. Prepare yourselves. It's a daily battle. I'm not telling you anything that you all do not know. But yet we have to be reminded of it day after day after day after day, don't we? Because there's some things we've not nailed down, and that's that place of prayer. That's that posture of our heart. Who we pray to? We can pray to God. We can pray to Jesus. There's a song even for crying out loud. Uh, Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. There's nothing wrong with that. How many of you here tonight have a father, a mother, or a loved one in heaven? Raise your hand. How many in here would love five minutes with said person to talk to one more time? I say I'd give anything to be able to talk to my brother again, but I'm going to be honest with you. I know what he went through. I don't know what he's going through right now, but I wouldn't pull him out of it for a second. Why do we not desire much more praying and speaking to our Heavenly Father? More. Don't get me wrong. My brother, I love him. He loved me. I love my dad. He loved me. He loved us all. Your family loved you. But they didn't die for us. Jesus did. It's amazing why I don't... We should, I, I, the, the, the older I get, the more... I'm with my pastor and what he said about the independent Baptist movement. You give one inch and Satan will take more than a mile. The church over the years has given up this and gave up that and what's it cost us? What's it done? It's turned the church into a joke. I can remember years ago when Brother Austin Garner and his family first came back from uh, Peru uh, on their first furlough. And I can remember him telling us, wow, it's the first time I've ever come back in the States and it's cool to be a Christian. It's not no more. It's not like that anymore. We pray to our Father in Heaven. Commune with Him. 
There's nothing, you know, and, I, and I'll tell you this again. The, the thing I took away from this trek was many things, but there's one thing that I cherish more than anything, and it was before the accident. As I stand before you tonight, it was that moment when He spoke to me and said, don't go, it's going to be bad. Just as clear as you standing here tonight hearing me speak, God spoke to my heart. I'll never forget that. I love that. Because it spoke several things to me. He could speak to me. And He did. It wasn't fearful. I was calm as all get out. And that's what I missed when I made the decision later that evening to get on that bike and leave. I chose to go on. But I'll never forget that. And it makes me want to talk to Him more. You know why? I want to, I want to hear Him say, Good morning. And it may not be a big deal to you, but buddy, to hear God speak to you as He spoke to me, wow. It's amazing. You say you act surprised. I do. To my shame. Sister Sherry Grigsby said this before church. It's a rebuke. She didn't know she gave me a fat lip. I got right before I preached. I asked the Lord, forgive me for getting mad at her about it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I didn't get mad at her. But she said, you know, if we all got more, we got, if we just got as excited as we are about Georgia, Tennessee, Gators, whoever, what could happen here at Whippo What could happen in our heart life privately? What could? What could change? What could God do? Here's the other reason why we don't want to pray if we're honest, we're afraid God's going to call us to do something. Why are we afraid of that? You're immortal. I'm immortal in the will of God until He says it's time for me to come home. And He will never call us to do something that He Himself hasn't done already. Jesus addressed His Father six times in this prayer. Simply said, Father. He called Him Holy Father, Righteous Father. John 17. We address the Father, of course, because prayer is based on sonship. You must be a child of God. Brother Wayne shared it many times. He and I went to Peru and we saw those people going to that Catholic church Something, I've been in Catholic church here. I'm going to tell you, what we saw in Artequipa, Peru, put that building to shame. Folks, I'm telling you, it was overlaid in gold. 24 karat gold. And they'll walk in, and they'd walk over to that booth and share with a man their problems, their prayer, their heart. And you know what? 
when they come out, that same lost, despondent, despair, broken, no hope look was still on their face. But you know, over the years, I have seen lost people come to this altar or go to their Sunday school teacher, their Master Club teacher, their Awanas teachers when we had Awanas, and, and, and tell them, I want to be saved and see that child, that teenager, that adult in that same place totally change when they met Jesus Christ. You can literally see it. They were a different person. They had hope. Christ loves you and I. He wants nothing but your best. He wants to give you and I His best, but we run right past Him every morning out that door without a thank you, without a good morning, without a Lord, I need you. And then we wonder why the day has went and the week and the month and the year has went the way it is. Would to God I, you and I would get a hold of this tonight and let God change it for us. I'm not saying we're not going to have trouble. That's a lie. Anybody tell you that once you go to praying and once you get filled with the Holy Ghost again, which is a lie, it's not scriptural. That's a lie. You're going to tell me that the man God used to write three quarters of the Scripture in the New Testament was not filled with the Holy Ghost. He asked God three times to heal him, and God said, No, no, no. Well, why wouldn't God do that? I don't know when you get to heaven, you ask him why. There's a lot of things I don't understand it. I don't know why he didn't heal my brother. My brother had hepatitis C, he received medicine that cured him. And yet he come down with liver cancer. And we pray and beg God to heal him. In my human eyes, I couldn't understand it. But you know what? In my spiritual eyes, I can remember the time my mama prayed. My mama sitting in her bed at night crying, begging God to save her son. It was a drug addict, stole everything she had. Took her wedding rings and hawked them for drugs. I watched him in the bathroom shoot up with drugs in his veins. But my mama never gave up praying. And God answered that prayer. What if we just gave up on him? Where would he be tonight? Loved ones that are not right with God and begging God to deal with them. I beg God for my son. I beg God for my son to do what I cannot do. I don't know why it's taking this. I just trust God. He said, call unto me. My aunt prayed for her, um, her husband for 25 plus years. And God allowed me to come to church with him here one time before Uncle Charlie could never come again. My aunt prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. There is no doubt in my mind God used that woman God gets the glory because she listened to God. Guess who she's walking the streets of heaven with today? 
Daryl get to see his daddy in heaven. We all have trials. Won't we pray? Won't we spend more time with God? Why don't I? But we must be yielded. I tell you, went to a men's prayer retreat. I'm going to tell you something. When I was a little boy, Dr. Lee Robinson was pastor of Highland Park Baptist Church. I've said this before. He had Camp Joy. Camp Joy was named after his daughter who, was, who died. It was the only child I had. First time I ever went to Camp Joy. It's the first time I've ever met, uh, I ever met that man. And I kid you not, there were thousands of kids there. We all met Highland Park Baptist Church. Nobody introduced him. That man walked in, and when he walked in, what do you hear right now? what we heard. Silence. Nobody had to tell me who that man was. I'm going to tell you, we knew it wasn't him. We knew it was the God he served. He shared this with us. Seeing what God done in his life, what God done in others' lives. And uh, God don't want me to say what I was going to say because it went right out of my mouth. I don't, I don't, but we must be yielded. Here's what it was. Brother Wayne's even shared it. Brother Wayne asked him, even, what's the difference between what God using one man versus another? It's the amount of yieldedness. You know, people will pray for something. Uh, I remember at uh, Brother Huberdet's church. Brother Huberdet had a woman in there praying for her husband, praying for her husband, praying for her husband, praying for her husband. We were there singing one night. The choir was. And I believe Brother William was preaching. That, woman got, that woman's husband got saved. And we went back several times after that. And guess who? who I, I asked Brother Hughes. And he said, Brother, her husband got saved. And the moment he got saved, she never come in the doors of the church again. Well, what kind of sense is that? But we do it when we ask God to do something and, and we don't yield to His will. We, we want to... Our flesh hates it. I'm going to be honest. You, you know it. Our flesh hates anything to do with God. Our flesh hates anything to do with spiritual, righteous living. It hates it. But as Brother Wayne's always saying, the one, that lead, the one you feed is the one that's going to lead. You want to know why we can't get spiritual victory in our life? It may be because we're not feeding that spiritual man. Address the Father, address the, the Son, but we must be yielded to the Lord. The next is this. Number four, or number five now. The glory of God should be our primary concern. You know, Paul yielded. Paul wanted to be healed of the thorn in the flesh, whatever it was, we don't know. Would, would it not have been ridiculous for Paul to get mad at God and say, okay, because you're not going to answer that prayer? I'm not serving you anymore. Yes, it would have. But what an example Paul was. When the Lord said, my grace is sufficient. 
And Paul said, I will much rather glory in my infirmities. Why did Paul do what Paul did for the Lord? It was for God's glory. It was all for him. He was grateful. He was yielded. He was submissive. He wanted to serve his master. He wanted to serve the one who gave his life for him. You know, some people may look at Jesus as a dictator. He's not a dictator. What dictator ever died for you and I? What dictator ever died for mankind? The only dictator I've ever heard of in my whole entire life was a dictator who killed people. Who did not have your best interest at heart. All Christ did was come and love you and I unconditionally. You know, young ladies uh, and young men, if someone comes to ask you to do something physically that will harm you, they do not have your best interest at heart. If they tell you you'll do that because you, uh, to show your love for them, you need to take a ball back to their kneecaps. And once you get them on the ground, then take the Bible and beat them over the head with it. Is it going to help? Nope. Just add insult to injury. We don't need to get violent. I understand that. But they do not have your best interest at heart. How can you say no? How can we avoid it? How can we, we pray? And Brother Wayne said this again. If you and I are on praying ground, and the enemy comes knocking. Don't answer it. We don't have to. Let the Lord answer it. But it's all for His glory. 1 Corinthians 10 and we'll close. 1 Corinthians 10. This is our primary concern. It's our primary goal. It's our it's one of our primary purposes is to glorify our Father in heaven. See, the Lord, His love is unconditional. That means you have to give nothing. You have to pay nothing. There's nothing in and of you and I that we could ever give to repay that. He willingly laid down His life simply because He loved a blank. And your name goes in that blank. And it doesn't stop there. It's amazing. People get saved and we think, okay, that's all we do. No, no, no. I want my child to speak to me. I, want, I love to hear from my, my kids. I, I love for my son to call me. I love to call him. He, I, I'm mad at him right now because he loves to aggravate me and do it at 3 o'clock in the morning. So I paid him back a few mornings ago. I did it to him. So, but I, I love it. I love talk. I want my kids to talk to me. And how much more does our Father in heaven want to hear from you and I? But again, he's not our grocery boy. He's not our errand boy. He's our Father in heaven. And the things that you and I ask, he's not going to uh, 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 answer prayers when you and I are asking for things to consume it upon our own lust. Maybe we need to examine what we're asking him. Maybe we need to also examine the motive of, of why we're asking Him. Ask ourselves some questions. We all said, you know, my, my little girl Ashley, she's a master at this. It's very scary, by the way. She's 10 years old. But she's a master at this. She said, well, she said that I have a dad like you. I said, okay. 
I love you too, and I'm grateful for you. Now what do you want? We've all been there, right? If you've had kids, you've been there. We know them. But you know what? I'm still grateful she came to me. Let's examine what we're, what we're asking, why we're asking it. And is it for our flesh? Is it for God? Because if you read in context the scripture, he will answer. Our, and I'll be honest with you. Brother Wayne may, I may be in the office getting disciplined again. I don't know. But even in, in the will of God, there's some prayers in my life that's not been answered. And I know it's his will. The Bible says it's his will that none should perish. That all should come to repentance. And they're not saved yet. Keep praying. That's his will. That's why he came. There's some that's backslidden, as I've shared with you. What's it going to take? I share with Brother Wayne. Brother Wayne said, you know, brother, what I'm scared about is what's it going to take? Keep praying. Because 10,000 years from now, they get saved, they get right. What happened here is nothing compared to what we'll be experiencing there. Amen. It's all for the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10, let's look at verse 31. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Do all to the glory of God. I'm getting on a very touchy subject. Not for most of you. You know, there's, if you take the word, there's several verses. This one verse here. Do all to the glory of God. If we would ask that before we turn that radio knob on, if we would ask that before we go into that establishment, if we would ask that before we place something before our eyes, if we would ask that before we do whatever. There's a lot of things in Christian's life we would not be doing. Me included. Another reason why we don't want, we don't want to pray. It's hard coming clean. It's hard being chipped away at. I think of that potter's wheel. You ever watch somebody make a potter? Make a, take, take pottery and make a, a vessel out of it? You need to see it when they start with virgin material, the glob. They take nothing. Plop it down on that wheel. And they start adding water. And they'll start adding this little bit of a, a, a maybe a, depending on what they're making out, a little bit of rock, or a little bit of sand, or a little bit of coloring. This, that, and they keep adding that water. They keep adding that water. You know what that water is doing? It's taking that clay and making it pliable. You starting to get the picture? If you and I don't pray, if you and I don't cultivate our relationship with Christ, that living water he can't apply to us. He can't make you and I what we, He wants us to be. And we're fighting against Him. 
We are at war. We are at enmity with God Almighty. And who, in the end, is going to win that battle? He'll take that vessel. He'll take that. And he, he makes that vessel. He shapes it. And he molds it into his likeness. And he's not done yet. Oh, Brother Randy, really? No, he's not. Because what comes next? The kiln. The fire. It's got to be cured. It's got to be put in there. And it's not fun. But if we'll pray and seek God's face, no matter what we're going through, Brother Wayne's always said this, and it is so true. Whatever trial, whatever tribulation, it is all to conform us for God's glory. But we need to ask in prayer, why is this happening? If it's chastisement, we've got to find out what, it, what, what have I done? Confess it. Get it right. Conditioning, always. Conforming, always. John 17, the school of prayer. I hope it's whet your appetite. I hope God has touched your heart because as we see the day approaching, and, I, and I'm not trying to damper anybody's spirit, I hope it's encouraged you. I hope it, it's challenged your heart to call on God. And I'm not trying to put a damper, I'm not trying to put a downer on anything, but folks, as that day approaches, that great day of the Lord, when he steps out on that cloud to call his children home, it is not going to get easier for God's children. There is a battle. There is a cause. And God wants soldiers. And again, we can go put on all the armor. But if we don't short up with prayer, we do it in vain. Let's go, Lord, in prayer. Father, we need you. We love you. We thank you for the wonderful union that you've given us, the privilege to be here, the privilege to hear from you, the privilege that you've given us to worship you. Lord, we ask you to accomplish that again. That would bring great glory and honor to your name. Speak to the hearts of your people for your glory and honor. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen.